to be seated as we continue to praise God this morning on our homecoming service for the baptism. Amen. Again, welcome to Glenlock. It's homecoming, so if you're visiting with us for the first time, you found yourself here on a very special day. Um, we'll say more about a lot of things later, but I will remind you we will have lunch afterwards, so you're all invited to that. There will be plenty of food. But I'm excited that we're starting our service with a baptism. So, Nevaeh, if you'll come. This is Nevaeh Bridges. Be careful. <laughs> Nevaeh is a junior at Hurd High School. Uh, a few weeks ago, as she was attending our church, she came up to me afterwards and wanted to receive Christ as her Savior and to profess that through baptism. So, that's why we're here. I've had trouble spelling Nevaeh's name. I thought it would help after she explained to me that her name is Heaven backwards. It still didn't help me. <laughs> but I take joy in knowing that here on homecoming at Glenlock, Nevaeh has made arrangements to be eternally at home with our Lord. And as Michael Creed will preach in just a bit, our citizenship is in heaven. So we are baptized to profess our faith in Christ who has made a way for us to live forever with God in our heavenly home. So Nevaeh, welcome to God's family and it is a joy to celebrate homecoming through baptism and your ultimate homecoming. Amen. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your amazing grace and we do praise you for who you are and the work you do on our behalf to love us, forgive us, change us, give us a new beginning, and prepare for us, Lord, an eternal home that is going to be perfect. There'll be no more sorrow, no more tears, no shame, no grief. Lord, we look forward to our eternal dwelling place with you. We look forward to becoming like Jesus. So, Lord, through this baptism, we remember the gospel, that Christ died. He was buried. And on the third day, raised triumphantly from the dead, Christ is risen. And because of his resurrection, we too shall live. Not just abundant life here, but life in our heavenly home. Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you that Nevaeh today has believed the gospel and is professing her faith in Christ who is the gospel. In his name we pray. Amen. So Nevaeh Baptism, Nevaeh Baptism, Nevaeh Bridges, <laughs> on the morning of your baptism, it is my joy, my sister, to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love you. Good morning. I want to share today uh, about just to give an update. Uh, things have been going on in the church since uh, our last uh, homecoming, and uh, 
some things are small, some are not so small, but uh, just sort of give everybody, maybe especially the visitors, an opportunity to know, you know, things that are happening and uh, what we are to be thankful and grateful for. Uh, and I'm just going to read the list and make a comment or two. Uh, the uh, youth building, uh, which is my, to my right, your left over here, uh, it, we insulated it this year. Uh, and uh, the Sunday school rooms had no insulation in them, and the uh, uh, big church didn't have enough in it, so it's now up to code. So hopefully that'll help with that. Playground uh, uh, ground cover was added, which is an important thing, and that don't doesn't sound like much, but uh, it, it's kind of expensive to buy that stuff. So uh, it was kind of uh, uh, shocking to me to realize that. But now it's safer. If a kid's fall on it, it won't hurt as bad. The soccer field was updated with uh, with water. The water pipes were bursted down there, and we need to, a lot of work there. And uh, that, that water now, we have water at the field, and it's running like it's supposed to. And also along that uh, 2022 season uh, began last week for soccer, and they, of course, used that field. And while I, while I say that, I want to say that uh, that's the bell field, and I see some bells here today. And... Uh, and just uh, know that they make that field available to us uh, without any charge, and we use it, and I'm thankful and grateful for that. Uh, our kitchen uh, fellowship hall has a new commercial refrigerator. Uh, our cemetery, we had a major cleanup next to the fellowship hall because the, the, the uh, side yard was encroaching upon the cemetery, and uh, Rodney East uh, was mainly responsible for that and did a lot of work there. We uh, had another successful year in supporting the Nicaraguan ministry, uh, Ronnie uh, uh, Hopkins and, uh, and Angie there in Nicaragua. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, and I want to say about the uh, cemetery and the major cleanup over there, uh, we are thankful also for Kevin Marshall and for what he does for us here because he's the guy who keeps the grounds looking like they look, and we appreciate that, Kevin. Uh, we also had a one night in Bethlehem. Uh, many of you attended to that in December of this past year uh, after being down for a while. So, and then membership changes. We have uh, two baptisms by, by faith and then members by statement. We have four uh, and members by transfer six for a total of 12 for the year. Uh, so... Also, our adult choir began uh, on Sunday mornings uh, meeting and working again, singing. Uh, I think that was in November of this year, uh, after COVID, of course. And, and our youth group is still going strong and uh, led by uh, Bryson Shoemake. Uh, and they've got, they, they've got too much going on for me to take the time to read it all here. But thank you, youth, for what you're doing and for Bryson for that leading. And our Sunday school classes began meeting again on a regular basis uh, at the end of 2021, and uh, they're back uh, up, and I think every, all of the classes are meeting now. Sound system updates had several things that had to be done uh, this year to, to update that or to repair things, and we're thankful to Randy Meacham and his team for all the work that, that they do to keep that working well. One of the other things, we painted the gazebo and part of the fellowship hall had uh, just sort of maintenance stuff. Benevolence this year gave approximately, the church gave approximately $3,500 uh, to people in need uh, 
for, for many, many different reasons. And we appreciate and thankful for our benevolence uh, committee and group that, that do that. And then last, last but not least, uh, uh, we have a, a food pantry ministry here, which is headed by Darrell Langley, who does a great job with, with running the food pantry and, and hit with his volunteers. <coughs> Excuse me. And I want to just share just a quick thing about those volunteers and what they do. This year they served 1,696 people through the food pantry. They distributed a little over 116,000 pounds of food to people in need. That's ministry, folks, and we're grateful and thankful for that. Volunteers needed to run the food pantry is they have in the pantry 12 uh, that work in the pantry on Tuesday. Uh, unloading the food truck when it comes every once a month or twice a month or whenever it's here takes uh, eight additional volunteers to help with that and to pick up bread which is done weekly is two so that's uh, approximately 22 people that uh, work in the food pantry to make that work and it's a great ministry and we encourage you to continue to pray for our food pantry and, and the work there because things are getting tougher and tougher there and some of that will be revealed later on to, to individuals. Uh, and also, uh, I talked about Nicaragua, but we're also thankful for able to support Japan, and you're gonna hear a lot more about that, so I'm not gonna say anything other than, it's great to have Michael Reed and Yumi in the house, and Eugene. Thank y'all, thank you. If you'll stand, we're going to sing and praise and worship all those great updates we've had in this past year by singing Victory in Jesus.
to come up to give our memorial report for the year. Hello. Um, before I start, I just if, I, if we leave out anybody, we are so sorry. Um, it is um, we. This list is compiled of um, our, our members, church members, plus um, the community and um, just your loved ones. Um, as as we know that. So I know last year we left off Martina Taylor, and I felt so bad about that. So if we leave off anybody, we'll add them next year. Um, so uh, we'll just start by reading the names. Um, Jody Smith, and this is in um, just from se September 1st last year till, till now. Um, Jody Smith, um, Keith Shepard, Thomas Lipford, Chuck Thrower, Mary Meacham, Lee Phillips, Beverly Rutland, Ruth Rutland Anslia Yarborough, Walker Hampton, Dylan, Dylan Harris, Pat Kerbo, Jeff Idson, Tracy George, Terry Holloway, Floyd Rivers, Peggy Sitcher, Sammy Smith, Hewlett Johnson, Carolyn Fodor, Agatha Janney, Lennon Yurta, Judy Garrett, Donna Walker, Jane Adams, Shirley Walker, Hildred Bell Kamen, Amanda Riggins, Jack Walls, Nancy Nash, Jane Hyatt Milam, Anthony Adams, Tommy Hawk, Evelyn Hawk, Luke Hawk, Hazel Reeves, Martha Gibson, Margie Dasher, Phil Meeks, Cliff Anderson, James Walker, Frankie Crockett, Linda Smith, Ben Pryor, Debbie K. Dewberry, Vanessa Jan Green, Callie Moore, Kathy Christopher, Rhonda Rice, Fayla Neer, Briggs Ingram, George Pope, Marvin McKinsley, Riley Pierce, Anna Jones, Austin Sailors, Hunter Huey, Larry Idson, Deanne Salmon, and Jesse Reed and Carla Harville. So um, that we've had quite a few go on to be with the, the Lord um, this past year. And this is my opportunity now to invite you to grief share. Um, and thank you, church, for allowing this ministry. Um, it's very near and dear to my heart. Excuse me. Um, if you are hurting, um, from the loss of a loved one. It is a wonderful opportunity um, to come and know that you're not alone, um, that we're, we're here to love you and help you and support you through it. Um, so uh, just reach out to me and um, we'll, there's, we have uh, group support in person and we also offer online support. So just let us know how we can help you. Thank you. If you'll stand, we're going to sing one more song together this morning. And we picked this song because we asked Creed what his favorite song was. And he said, when we all get to heaven, and that was just perfect to follow our memorial report this morning. So let's sing this together. Oh, 
gracious Heavenly Father, God, Lord, thank you so much um, just for allowing us to all come home this morning, God, um, and just to reflect on the ways you've allowed us to show your glory this past year to our community, God, Lord, to our brothers and sisters you've brought to Christ and brought to our church family, God, Lord, and our brothers and sisters who are celebrating this homecoming with you this morning, God, instead of here with us, Lord, thank you for just um, blessing us with a sweet spirit this morning of reflection, God, and of remembrance, Lord. God, we just pray that we continue to be a church where love abounds, God, and where we um, seek to serve our community, and above all else, Lord, seek you for guidance in every step of the way, God. Lord, um, you've been so good to us, and it's so exciting to be in a room full of people, God, who will know that there has been a great victory in Jesus, and that we have a home in heaven waiting for us, God, and and we are for sure going there, Lord. Will you just continue to be with us this morning um, as we um, just hear from Creed, who was a great member of this church, who's gone to share your word um, across the sea to Japan, God. Lord, may his energy and joy and passion for you infect each and every one of us, God, to go about our daily lives with that same joy and passion, God. Lord, be with our children as they go to children's ministry and the adults working with them and just open our hearts and clear our minds god we just love you and praise you and thank you so much in jesus name i pray amen honor to be here today at Glenlock's homecoming and uh, we are so blessed to have Michael and his family here today and uh, I, w I just want to dedicate this song to his commitment to Christ and to the mission field. Today a man is somewhere proclaiming the good news, winning families to Jesus all around his neighborhood. He tells them that God is able to make their house a home. He wants to win his world for Christ, but he can't do it alone. But each one can reach one as we follow after Christ. We all can lead one. We can lead one to the Savior. Then together we can tell the world that Jesus is the way. Thank you. 
right. Hey, thank you so much for that song. Uh, thank you so much for having us. We are incredibly excited and blessed to be here with you. Uh, my wife is right over here uh, taking care of Eugene, and our good friend Corey is also with us today, too, so we're really excited uh, to be with you. Um, yes, uh, good morning, Glenlock. <laughs> we love you. Uh, God loves you. Uh, we are so thankful. Uh, thank you for everything. Uh, we don't get a lot of chances to say thank you in person, and so this is our once every few years chance to say thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for taking care of our family. Uh, thank you for taking care of us as we're in Japan. Thank you for sending uh, resources so that we can help more people in Japan ultimately reach that final homecoming with us. And thank you for every single prayer. And so it's a great joy to get to be able to tell you that in person today. So I'm so thankful. Uh, I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad to be uh, with you uh, this morning. The text today is Philippians chapter 3, so you can go ahead and head over there. Uh, we're going to look at verses 17 to 21. So Philippians 3, verses 17 to 21. I'll go ahead and share the title of the sermon, but it'll give away uh, a lot of my thoughts before I get to share them. But the title uh, is Homecoming heaven and Hiroshima. So homecoming, heaven, and Hiroshima. Uh, I bet you never heard a sermon with that title before. <laughs> it's very specific to this exact moment with this exact church and uh, us being here with you. And so uh, I also heard that Baptists give out points for three-point alliterative sermons, right? Same letter. It's nice. So, <laughs> but uh, for many of us, right, Glenlock Baptist is our church home. Happy homecoming, right? Uh, I hope you're enjoying the time with the family and church family and friends. And as the guest preacher, uh, let me go ahead and give you my official encouragement uh, that as you continue to love God and love people here at Glenlock, just do it all the more. Do it all the more. Do it all the more. I teach everyone about Jesus and keep it up. And make sure everybody in Franklin and Carrollton and Rootful and Noonan and LaGrange and everyone, everyone everywhere uh, gets to hear about the Lord. Uh, let's make sure we do that. And as you know, my name is Michael Creed. Uh, I'm from Franklin. I was born in LaGrange. Uh, I know the smell when you walk into Piggly Wiggly. Uh, I <laughs> shared a lot of meals at Hardee's. Uh, yeah, I grew up on Highway 219 over there headed towards Troop County. We used to go to Roanoke to get our fireworks because uh, Georgia is illegal to buy fireworks. Or it used to be. I don't know anymore. I uh, went to Heard County High School, class of 2010. And yeah, it was the first class to, to graduate from that building, right? And so it feels kind of fitting and nostalgic to, uh, to be here uh, in Franklin, in this area, uh, and it's still my hometown. And so a lot of Japanese people never heard of Franklin, believe it or not. Uh, but <laughs> on the other hand, um, I'll almost definitely never live here again. Uh, and so today, hopefully by listening to the, to the heaven and the Hiroshima parts of the message, uh, I think you'll come to understand a little bit more uh, of why that is. And so we'll move on to the, to the heaven part 
of the sermon. Uh, So here's Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 17 to 21. I'll read it aloud and you can follow with me. So it says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Amen. So we're just going to go verse by verse, uh, and we'll we'll talk through the meaning, uh, the beautiful meaning of this piece of scripture. And so let's look at verse 17. So Paul's writing, and he calls the Philippians to imitate him and Timothy. So if you remember chapter 1, verse 1, you can flip a page and reread it. Uh, It says that, hey, Paul and Timothy were servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul is also an apostle. He's also a disciple. He's, he's a lot of different things. He's a scholar and all those things. But he identifies himself and his co-worker Timothy as servants of Christ. And so it's like Paul is saying, uh, hey, I'm a servant of the Lord. Right? That's my primary identity. And here, verse 17 of chapter 3, join in imitating me. And so it's like he's saying, hey, I'm a servant of the Lord, and you should be a servant of the Lord too, right? And so one really easy way uh, to kind of sum up what we do in Japan uh, is to say that we, we try to do the same thing. We are serving the one true God uh, in Japan, and we call everyone else to do the same. We know uh, the beauty of sitting at the feet of Jesus, and we know Uh, the glory and the joy of being a servant of the one true God. And we know the gospel, uh, that we are called to to be children of God, and we're also his servants, and how that's also this beautiful, wonderful, awesome joy, and that we get to have it forever. Verse 18, uh, the servant Apostle Paul here, uh, he was not a stranger uh, to crying for people's salvation. So uh, I already almost cried when we were singing uh, when we all get to heaven and we just saw a beautiful baptism. We know what that means. But the majority of the people around Paul, it says they were walking as enemies of the cross of Christ. They were walking as enemies of the cross of Christ. And so they look at the cross, uh, and just like Paul mentions in his letter to the Corinthians, they consider the cross foolishness. They think it's stupid, right? And they consider it weakness, right? Oh, that's just for weak people, right? And they believe that Jesus didn't exist or that Jesus didn't really die on a cross because if he did die on a cross, there's no way he could be God. This is what the enemies of the cross of Christ believe. And so there's no way we should follow this crucified king. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, he's, he's dead, right? He was crucified. That's the worst possible way to die. So they're walking as enemies, as enemies of the cross of Christ. I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 20. Uh, You can turn there if you'd like. I'll read it aloud. It says, Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, 
then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. And we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, then we are of all people most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So if you're a Christian here today, uh, you've placed all your bets on the fact that Jesus really did come back to life, right? Some people around the world, some people, uh, some of our Muslim friends say that Jesus never actually really died, right? That he was just taken up. Uh, a few atheists might say that Jesus never even really existed. Uh, some Jewish friends might say that Jesus stayed dead. But every Christian believes that it's of first importance that Jesus really did come back to life, and he did. And still there are people in Franklin, in Georgia, in Japan, and everywhere uh, in the world who don't believe yet in the resurrection of Jesus. And I believe that Glenlock Baptist Church has an incalculably large role to play in pointing this world to the life and the death and the suffering and the resurrection and the ascension and the good news about Jesus. He's going to come back. Glenlock Baptist Church has an incalculably large role in preaching the gospel to this dying world locally and internationally. So be encouraged. I believe this to be true. And also from verse 18, I just want to, to bring up the question that uh, I believe Paul would ask us. Have you ever wept? Have you ever cried? Have you ever teared up over someone's eternal death? Right? Have you ever wept because there are people in the world who are walking as enemies of the cross of Christ? When you hear uh, people call God a flying spaghetti monster, uh, when you see uh, whole communities uh, just rejecting God, and when you watch the news, when you think of war in Europe right now, we ought to weep. We ought to cry. We ought to, we ought to be tearing up over people who hate God. <laughs> you know how Jesus felt uh, around people with hard hearts? You don't have to guess, uh, fortunately. It's in Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. I'll read this one aloud as well. It says, Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. I don't know if you caught that. Did you catch that? So Jesus was angry and grieved at the exact same time. Do you ever feel angry towards sin? Do you ever feel just really mad at what this Genesis 3 world and all the effects of it, do you ever feel 
angry at it. Not, not the people, right? But the, the sin and the nasty, evil, disgusting, putrid effects of sin, right? Earthquakes and tsunamis and tornadoes and hurricanes and people lying and stealing. And we even see that in ourselves, right? And do you grieve when you see someone with a hard heart? Jesus did and Paul did. God does. Let's move on to verse 19, uh, back in Philippians chapter 3. It says this, uh, that their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. And so here we have some characteristics of people who are headed towards hell, towards an eternal destruction. And remember, that's a place of conscious torment, right? Where the smoke from, from that torment goes up forever and ever. And it says their end is destruction, and so people will be eternally destroyed. And so verse 19 says uh, about these people that the, they, they glory in their shame. So this just means that they're, they're proud of their sins against God. So people uh, wake up in the morning, and they take the breaths that God gives them, and the heartbeats that God gives them, and they take the energy and the health and the common grace and the motivation and the life uh, that God gives, and they take it all, and they pour it out on themselves. They don't give God any thanks. They don't use God's gifts to glorify God. They take God's gifts, and they use them to sin against God. And they're proud of it, and they're, uh, yeah, um, yeah, they're sinning against God forever, right? And so, if you came to Japan, which I hope you do, I hope everyone here would join us in Japan. You can join us anytime. Take a plane ride right over. Uh, and it's a real place, I promise. And we're there. We live there. Uh, my wife's from there. Uh, you can ask her any question you want about any of the food. And she has good answers, actually. Uh, but when you come, hopefully, uh, you'll have a great experience. And most people do. So most people come. Uh, especially if you're from America, which, of course, we love America, so don't hear me say anything bad about the States, but when you come, you realize, man, Japan must have the best, like, customer service on the whole planet. Like, this is such a good place to be. People look genuinely excited to see me when I walk inside the store, right? And so it's not like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of places around here where uh, maybe people are just doing a part-time job. I just work here, right? Uh, but for a lot of places in Japan, there's this awesome, truly wonderful hospitality. You can be lost, and you're looking for the nearest train station, and it could be a mile away, and you just ask this grandma, hey, I'm a little bit lost, can you point me in the right way? And she'll just straight up walk with you like 20 minutes to the train station. It's like, okay, here it is. Are you sure you know where to go? And people you've never met before. And it's just a really crazy, beautiful thing. But maybe there's a temptation when we see that and we, we observe that, we go away and we kind of think, uh, unfortunately, I think, we kind of think, oh man, well these people, maybe they don't really need Jesus after all, right? Maybe they don't need the gospel. Maybe they don't need to hear about the one true God because they're already really nice, right? They're already really kind. But uh, that just shows us um, that our view of God is so small, that our understanding of his holiness is so small, right? The people of Japan, the vast majority, uh, and we love them all, and God loves them all, and we want all of them to come to Christ. 
right now, the vast majority don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in the gospel, right? Uh, most people haven't heard of this one true God. They don't know. They've never opened up a Bible or gone into a church gathering or met a Christian or anything like this. So really no idea. And that's really hard for us to understand when there's so many great churches even in this area. But the vast majority don't believe in the gospel. And so they're doing what we just described. They're walking as enemies of the cross of Christ. They are like uh, those lepers, right, who never came back and gave thanks to Jesus. And so they're taking all of God's gifts and they're just spending it on everything except God, right? That's not okay. That's actually the greatest injustice ever in the whole history of the universe, right? And there are plenty of other injustices that we're trying to fight against, but this, uh, this is wrong. This is incredibly, truly wrong. And so verse 19 teaches that enemies of the cross of Christ set their minds on earthly things. And so they're thinking about what's on earth. So here let me just contrast the enemies of Christ with us Christians, right? Uh, so uh, this is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And here's what it says. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Amen. So friends, this is eternally important stuff right here. <laughs> so we should ask ourselves, what do I spend my time thinking about, right? Uh, this is what every human should, should, we should be asking ourselves, what am I thinking about uh, most of the time? And for, for most of us, we're probably thinking about our jobs or food or our family life or fin finances or maybe entertainment. And so we should then ask ourselves, to what end do, am I thinking about these things all the time? Like, why, why, why am I thinking about all these things all the time? Does Jesus have anything to do with these things that I'm thinking about, that I'm constantly meditating on, right? And am I trying to manage my finances so I can live a more comfortable life, or am I trying to manage it so that I can be more generous and love God and love people with the way I spend, right? Are we thinking about God's awesomeness and about his word or about his spirit, about his people, about his great commission and about the eternal life? We should be, right? We should be. So now verses 20 and 21 give us this really awesome contrast. So we're going to talk about Christians and the glory of being a child of God. And so, so far we've been talking about uh, the vast majority of the friends that we love dearly in Japan. Uh, the 99%, we say, because over 99% of the people in Japan still don't confess Christ as God. Uh, and about our friends, I'm sure we're thinking right now about our friends and our family members who are sinning against God and not repenting. And so, so far, uh, we've been talking about that kind of condition in that state. But let's read Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, and we're kind of kind of see a contrast, right, for those of us who are in Christ. So back to Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. 
And so here we have our homecoming message, right? Our citizenship is in heaven. Talking about here, uh, all of us here who are in Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. And so Paul says, and the Bible says that in contrast to having your mind set on earthly things, so in contrast to God being your, to your belly being your God, and in contrast to glorifying in your shame, uh, glorying in your shame, and in contrast to your end being destruction, in Christ you set your mind on heavenly things, right? As a citizen of heaven, your God is the creator God, not your carnal desires, and you don't glory in your shame, but you glory in honoring God. You're thinking, how can I honor God today? And in contrast to your end being destruction, your end as a citizen of heaven is actually eternal life, and it's life to the full. It's that room that Jesus went to prepare for us. We get to be in heaven forever, right? And just like we were singing with Amazing Grace, these words are really true. In that last verse, that talks about when we've been there for 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we'll have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. It's amazing. We're going to spend 10,000 years in heaven, and then maybe 10,000 years are up, and then we're going to restart. And we're just going to keep doing that for actually forever. And it's never going to stop, and we're never going to get any closer to the end than when we first began. It is going to be truly awesome. To be a citizen of heaven is better than being a citizen of any place on this whole world. America, Japan, anywhere. I promise. And so... Many of you, uh, yeah, even uh, this morning in Sunday school, have greeted me, and I'm so thankful. Uh, please don't misunderstand, but just saying, hey, welcome home, right? And, of course, I know what you mean, uh, so please don't misunderstand, but I really uh, appreciate that expression, welcome home. But uh, for, for me and my family, it's actually a little, a little bit complicated, because uh, on the one hand, I'm about as Franklin as anybody else in the room uh, from Heard County. And so the shoe fits, and I wear it, and obviously, <laughs> of course, not ashamed to be from here, uh, to be from Georgia. We tell our, our friends in Japan, we have to tell them, oh, you know, where are you from, right? And so I always have to say, yeah, yeah, I'm from Georgia, and I brag about Georgia or whatever, uh, but I talk about, yeah, if you've ever had a Coca-Cola, that's from Georgia, uh, or <laughs> if you've ever heard of Martin Luther King Jr., he's from Georgia, right? There's, yeah, of course, we're... Uh, very thankful for our Georgia heritage or whatever. But on the other hand, uh, I don't know where earthly home is anymore. Like I, I'm married to this Japanese lady. Uh, she's committed to Japan. I'm committed to Japan. We intend to spend the rest of our lives until Jesus comes back or until we die in Japan seeking to tell people about the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the gospel that through faith and through repentance alone and by God's grace alone, you can really be with us for those 10,000, 10,000 years forever and ever. You can be with the one true God and it's free. Jesus already paid the price for it. And when we all get to heaven, everyone who's in Christ, when we all get to heaven where our citizenship is, when we finally make it home there, when we finally get to that awesome ultimate homecoming, words can't describe how great and how joyful it is going to be. And so that's what we're committed to, to doing, right, in Japan, because the majority of people haven't heard that message yet. No idea about this awesome, wonderful, good news. And so all that being true and having lived in Japan the last seven years, 
I'm still not Japanese, right? <laughs> so when people meet me, uh, I might be able to fool them for the first, you know, five minutes. Like, oh, are you from Japan? You look kind of, maybe, sort of, and you're kind of speaking Japanese. Okay, are you from Japan? So I might be able to fool them for about five, ten minutes. But uh, pretty soon, you know, my Japanese is not perfect. And so they're like, oh, you're not from around here. Uh, and so uh, I'm not Japanese. And, and that's okay, of course. I always think of Philippians chapter 3, uh, this passage we're reading right now. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's where it is, right? So that's true for me. It's true for you. It's true for everyone who believes in Jesus in Japan, right? So I know maybe that's not a typical homecoming message, but as we're looking at this passage, we, we ask, why, why is this verse so important? And what are some kind of practical effects of being a citizen in heaven, living here on earth, right? I think you're freed, and the Bible tells us that we're freed to live really radically for Jesus when you realize your citizenship is in heaven. And your heavenly passport of prayer really can get you into any country, right? And when someone says, go back to where you come from, right, you say, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it's like, you have no idea. I can't wait. And when you're on missions and your fellow American, right, so of course I'm American, when your fellow American is standing on the street and shouting at you and screaming and cussing you out and saying, stop spreading your religion. They don't need you here. They don't need Christianity here, right? And again, we're fellow Americans, right? But we can just say what Peter and the Apostle said in Acts chapter 5, right? Here's what Peter and the Apostle said. He said, we must obey God rather than men. You see, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. And God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And verse 41, you go away rejoicing that you were counted worthy to suffer dishonor from the name of Jesus, even if it was from someone from your same country, right? You think we'd be on the same side, but actually uh, the citizenship we have is in heaven, right? Not primarily America anymore, not primarily Japan or China or Korea or Taiwan anymore. Our citizenship, when we believe in Jesus, gets transferred. It's in heaven, right? When your citizenship is in heaven, you do what our brother Makoto-kun did about 500 years ago. So Christianity came to Japan about 600 years ago, five, 600 years ago, and there was this little boy named Makoto. Uh, Makoto believed in Jesus. He believed the gospel. Uh, he's about seven years old. Makoto believes uh, in this gospel. There's a great persecution in Japan. They, they hate Christians at this time, so they're stamping out Christians persecuting them, crucifying them on the beach. And so you're hanging on a cross and also you're being drowned at the same time. And so there was a samurai. Uh, this is actually a true story. Uh, there is a samurai uh, who had to put Makoto, this little seven-year-old Christian, up on a cross. You know, it's really hard to imagine. And this, this, this samurai says, look, Stop. Just recant your faith. Stop believing in this Christianity thing. It's a foreign thing. Stop believing in it. We're Japanese. We Japanese are not Christians. And so just, just recant from your faith and come down from the cross, son. And Makoto 
tells this man, he's up on the cross, and he looks down at him and he says, no, you should repent and get up here on this cross with me. See, Makoto was a citizen of heaven, right? Not Japan anymore. And so he knew eternal life, and when we meet Makoto, uh, we'll be experiencing that same blessing of finally being home in heaven with Jesus our Lord. It's going to be awesome. So when your citizenship's in heaven uh, and you're living a, a life worth imitating, when your mind is set on things that are above, not on earthly things anymore, and when you're no longer walking as an enemy of Christ, of the cross of Christ, you'll know the most glorious homecoming ever. So get excited. Right? And get active and help everyone else make it to the heavenly home because the time is limited, right? that kind of takes us to Hiroshima. So we talked about the homecoming. We talked about heaven. Uh, let's talk about Hiroshima, right? Uh, right now, probably <laughs> your only visual image of Hiroshima. I'm just going to guess uh, as a, someone who went to the same school. Uh, it's probably this big old mushroom cloud, right? That's probably the first image that we think of Hiroshima. So there's missionary to Hiroshima coming and talking at your church. And he's like, whoa, is Hiroshima even still there? Uh, and besides that, if we really dug deep, maybe we thought, you know, think about sushi or ninja or samurai. Um, but uh, if it's okay, it's just to give you a, a visual image of Hiroshima. Uh, it is still there. Uh, I visited it uh, a couple months ago. It's still there, still standing strong. Uh, they rebuilt. But uh, if it's okay, uh, if we have the video, uh, let me share this video with you so you can see what uh, modern Hiroshima looks like. No video? That's okay. I'll share the video with everyone else later. <laughs> so Hiroshima is still there. Uh, they've rebuilt, and I'll just share with you right now, you get the live version of what the video says. Uh, Hiroshima is this beautiful city uh, in western Japan, and there's about 1.2 million people there. What's true for all of Japan is also true for Hiroshima. Uh, the majority of the friends there haven't heard the gospel even one time. From the best of our knowledge and from the Japanese pastors who are there, there are about 40 churches. And the average attendance of a church in Japan is a lot smaller than Glenlock Baptist Church, actually. It's 30 people. And so we're not talking about mega churches, 40 mega churches. We're talking about uh, 30 Sunday school classes almost, right? And so there are very few Christians. If you just add those numbers up uh, and divide by the population, we're looking at 99.9% not Christian. And the, again, uh, we've we shared before and we'll share again that the vast majority haven't heard. And so what we found uh, is that the, the vast majority of the people in Japan haven't heard the gospel. But we also remember the words of our Lord Jesus. When Jesus was teaching us, and it's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, he told us, you should pray. You should pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers into this harvest because the harvest is actually plentiful, right? So what that really means for us as we're in Japan and have been there and intend to be there the rest of our lives, what that, what that kind of practically means is that really the main reason that the people in Japan aren't believing in the gospel 
uh, it's not because they heard it and said, I'm, oh, I'm too good for that. You know, I, I, I'm above that, right? Like, I don't, I don't need that, that, that thing you're trying to share with me. Actually, the main reason people aren't believing and joining our family and receiving the good news is because they simply haven't heard it even one time, right? And so when we finally get a chance to sit down with people and hang out with them and share and tell them who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, and tell them about the Holy Spirit, tell them all about God, tell them that we have his word, that we know his name, that he knows our name, that he loves us, and that we get to be with him forever. When we tell them about the glory of heaven, we tell them, hey, you don't got to guess whether or not you're going to heaven or hell. Actually, Jesus already suffered and died so that you could have full assurance that you can be with God forever. And so we share this awesome, beautiful, wonderful gospel good news. And we found the majority of the people. When we finally get a chance to share, actually usually respond by saying, that, that is good news. That is good news. And so people understand that we believe something that is good news for everyone in the whole world. And so uh, Romans 10 tells us that too, right? Uh, people have to hear the gospel. They can't hear the gospel unless a preacher preaches it to them. The preacher can't go unless the preacher is sent. Glenlock Baptist, you have done an awesome, awesome job of sending us. We are thankful. Uh, we are so thankful uh, for this church sending us to Japan and getting to share. There are many, many, many stories we could share, uh, if time allowed, of people who have joined our family, who will be with us at the ultimate homecoming because of God's grace working through Mustard Seed Network, through churches in America, even in Franklin, giving so that we can plant healthy churches in Japan. By God's grace, there has been a baptism every month uh, on average since this church in Tokyo started. So my family lives in Tokyo. It's the biggest city in the world. If you can imagine 37 million people, that's how many people are in Tokyo. That is incredible. That's a lot more than the whole state of Georgia. Uh, there's a lot of people. And so we walk outside and we see tons of people every single day. And we realize that probably over 900 out of 1,000 of them don't believe in Jesus. And the vast majority of those 900 haven't had a chance to hear about him yet. Uh, and so we... Once we went to Tokyo by God's grace and through Glenlock's sending and through God's uh, provision through people just like you sitting in these green chairs right now, we finally were able to go to Japan. And by God's grace, there's a one more, uh, as of March 2020, <laughs> one more healthy church in Tokyo. Uh, it's meeting every Sunday and people are hearing about Jesus and they're believing it. This is true, and there are people who we call brother and sister now uh, that we could not call brother and sister before. And you'll see them. You'll get to meet them in heaven, uh, and it will be beautiful. Hope to introduce you guys. We want to plant 12 churches uh, in Japan uh, by 2025. This is our, our goal and our vision. Uh, I work uh, with my wife, Yumi, for an organization called Mustard Seed Network. Uh, you don't necessarily have to remember that. It's an organization called Mustard Seed Network, and that is our goal, to plant 12 churches, 12 healthy churches, so that 
people uh, aren't getting taught uh, falsehood, but they're getting taught the truth. We uh, will be moving my family uh, from Tokyo uh, to Hiroshima. We will move, Lord willing, in November. And so part of the reason we are here in America right now is to share about what God has done in Japan and to share about the great, great need. So I hope you're not just hearing that, man, there's so few Christians in Japan. I hope you hear that, and I hope you also hear that there are people hearing the gospel and repenting and believing in it right now in Japan. You have family in Japan, and you will have a lot more family when a lot more people hear the gospel. To hear the gospel, uh, it has to be preached, and we want to plant a church in Hiroshima, and we're here to raise support and to ask for your help and to beg for your help and to invite you to partner with Mustard Seed Network, to invite you uh, to partner with us. We have a goal of raising $300,000 in order to plant this church for the first eight years. And so this will cover all of our expenses for the first eight years until the church is self-sufficient. It'll purchase us a space. Uh, if we had a space half this big, that would be awesome. Uh, it'll purchase us a office, an office, so that we can get that space. It will pay for uh, one of our staff mates who is Japanese and wants to go to seminary, right? It'll be raising up new leaders in the Japanese church. It'll go towards buying these little invitation cards that we give out to people when we meet them, uh, give it out to the waiter, to the waitress, or to the person you're standing beside, and it has the information of the church, and your giving will go to perhaps buying ukuleles so we can have these little ukulele events and then meet people and then invite them to Jesus that way. Uh, it'll go towards planting a healthy church in Hiroshima. And so we believe that, again, uh, churches in Franklin, churches in Carrollton, every church has an incalculably huge role to play in this. And so uh, as you've sent us uh, before, we ask that you would continue to send us. Uh, we are nothing. God is everything. We want to preach the gospel of God. And so uh, please help us. Uh, and we're ending with this. Please help us. Uh, we desire with our whole hearts to invite more people to the ultimate homecoming. Um, as it is right now, there's 126 million people in Japan. Uh, and 125 million of them probably have not been invited to the ultimate homecoming. So we need your help. Please pray. Uh, please, uh, please give. Um, yes, actually, here we have a video of Hiroshima. Uh, can we play the video? Hiroshima. It's a city that's become known all around the world for an event that took place here on August 6, 1945. Tens of thousands of people died instantly as a result of war. Since then, the city has rebuilt and become a very beautiful, vibrant city here in Western Japan. It's become a city known as a city that promotes peace all over the world. In the Japanese language, there are two words for peace. One is heiwa, Heiwa is the kind of peace that exists between people. It's harmony. It's the absence of war. 
And the second word for peace in Japanese is heian. It's the peace that can exist in our hearts. We want all 1.2 million people here to have that heian, that peace that comes with knowing Christ. Mustard Seed Network has a vision to plant 12 churches in 12 cities in Japan, each of which that has over 1 million people. Hiroshima is one of those cities. So we pray that God would allow us to come and plant a church here in this city so that people can hear the message of salvation. We ask that you would send us. We ask that you would send us by praying. Please pray that people in Hiroshima would not have to go their whole lives without hearing the gospel even once. Consider giving so that we can plant a church here in the downtown area. So friends, thank you so much and may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you. Do we have a slide coming up? If not, that's okay. We can just leave this up. That's all right. Um, yes, so Hiroshima still exists. Uh, praise God. It's super beautiful. You should come, hang out with us, uh, eat some of that delicious food you saw. It really is good. It's not, not weird, I promise. It's really delicious. Uh, we'll take you around. Don't worry about translation. Eugene, my two-year-old son, he's got you. Uh, He'll sing the alphabet song for everybody. <laughs> I want to invite you, uh, because we've been talking about giving and partnering, I want to invite you uh, this website here at the bottom. Um, you have permission. You can uh, take a note uh, of that website, uh, mustardseed.network slash Hiroshima. Uh, thank you, guys. And so this is a way uh, that individuals can give and so if God leads you, or however God leads uh, you and your family, every little amount helps, I promise. And so here's the website uh, that you can go to and scroll to the bottom uh, to give. Uh, and your giving honors God. God loves cheerful givers. And uh, there will be people in heaven, uh, I believe, that will thank you one day for it. Mustardseed.network slash Hiroshima. Glenlock, uh, I love you so much. I'm sorry, uh, I don't get to hang out with you guys as much as I want to, um, but you're always welcome to Japan, uh, seriously, uh, and I just want to thank God for you right now, so let me pray. Heavenly Father, I love this church and love everyone in it. Desire uh, strongly that everyone here, myself included, that we can set our minds on things that are above that we can invite people to the ultimate homecoming, that we could worship you in spirit and truth always. God, please help us to uh, give you thanks. Um, help us to enjoy today uh, and the fellowship today. And Father, we beg you in Jesus' name that you would rescue and save our friends who don't know you. We beg you, Father. Uh, we, we know God, uh, that you are Savior, and that you really did send your son, Jesus, that this is true. Uh, we believe it to be true. We know it to be true. Uh, and Father, 
if there's anyone here who doesn't uh, yet believe in you, please rescue. Uh, let them also be baptized. God, we beg you that there would be people in Japan and indeed all over the world uh, who haven't heard your name yet, who haven't heard about you yet, that you would send a preacher to them and they could hear the gospel. Father, let them imitate Jesus. God, please uh, let them worship you uh, forever. Uh, bring them into our family. Uh, we want the family to get bigger. So please, uh, in Jesus' name, use Glenlock Baptist Church to make the family of God even bigger. We love you. Thank you for listening to us when you don't have to. Thank you for being our Father. Um, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. hear the gospel preached. I love to hear Michael preach the gospel because I know he is such a devoted, uh, surrendered servant of Christ. It comes out in every way in his life. So we're going to sing about the Lord and that he would have his way in our lives just as we see him having his way in Michael's life. Michael, thank you for sharing about Jesus. You've heard the opportunities. Let's sing. Uh, if